listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. Don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. I'm rocking my peers, putting suckers in fear, making the tears rain down like a monsoon. Listen to the bass go boom. boom. Hey, welcome to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast. Your host, Rod and Karen. And we are in the house on a Sunday, a huge Sunday, actually. Yes. Like, maybe over the super bowl maybe over the super bowl y'all it's the finale of game of thrones tonight Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which means we have to look forward to another 42 weeks of depression until (laughs) it comes back you know but um it it is a big night (laughs) um and also is the bt awards which for people that that know me and karen we stand for the bt awards right but i got to choose tonight right that was so irritating i seen people uh talking about that across uh social media and i seen jamie talking to people about that but i'm on your side sweetie it's like you could have picked another weekend it's like why yeah. would you why would you go up against like basically the one of the number one rated shows of all times quote unquote almost yeah for this award and you're doing a prince tribute which everybody wants to see because mm. y'all y'all came out clapping y'all hands talking about we got you after that madonna so a lot of people are gonna too but the thing is like i guess for me it's tough because i'm not trying funny i'm gonna watch game of thrones i know me too so, so it's, it's like you're, you're literally taking probably hundreds of thousands of viewers away that's gonna come back but you probably got an hour worth of show that most people are gonna miss. Don't take my um black card, y'all. But I'm gonna miss a. <laughs> I'm definitely missing an hour of BET tonight. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I I watched the warm up. Do yeah. you know? I'll make preach away today, but yeah. Not- I mean, I am not gonna apologize. I be I'll be watching Game of Thrones, and I mean, I think that BET. It'll be interesting to see what the ratings are if they get more of their ratings from the DVR watches right. than the live show because there's going to be a lot of people live tweeting i mean this is the season finale yes. so that and and twitter is a place for so many spoilers and if it's a really controversial um mm. episode tonight people are going to be talking about it for a long time and you might stumble onto those spoilers so yeah that's why i want to see it live i don't want to have anything ruined that's absolutely yeah. true yeah that that is true you'll be talking about bet and this thing you know you realize that Kalisa done chopped off the head of her dragon you're like well i didn't know that you're like well <laughs> should have been watching uh let me tell you guys how much uh karen uh, uh loves jamie um we didn't even get to introduce her that was just <laughs> my bad karen, karen, karen just hopped on i was like listen girl let's talk about things oh my bad i'm like oh look i picked up the phone let's let's have a conversation y'all hey, you should have <laughs> recognized the voice uh well for those who uh you know haven't um you know who I don't, I don't know who you are but that listen to us and don't listen to black girl nerds or don't follow her on twitter which i mean who doesn't follow jamie on twitter um right. Uh, at black girl nerds or you're gonna go to her website blackgirlnerds.com or you're not out here rocking their gear um, oh them t-shirts is fly I, I messed around and it went down a timeline i clicked i said mm-hmm, gonna have to get them coins right mm-hmm. <laughs> blackgirlnerds.com slash t-shirts um and uh like th- it's jamie guys um you also i feel like we've been talking about jamie all the time on here um mm-hmm. we kind of rotate in the same like circles of nerddom yeah. and blackness uh via social media and whatnot when we had hashtag gate it felt like 
feel like every day. Is that the official name for it now? Hashtag gate. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't think of a better yeah, name. That, that's what we call it. You know, I'm sure there's been 27 hashtag gates that I don't even know about, but that's the only right. thing I could call it. But I feel like I was coming on here trying to do my best to not speak for Jamie, but to be like, hey, well, this is, you know, this is where you can go to hear Jamie's uh, point of view on all this stuff. But, um, it's uh jamie broadnax from black girl nurse what's going on jamie oh thank you so much for having me on your show i love you guys you guys are so awesome and i really appreciate it and it it just goes to show how much i love you the fact that i've gotten up this early (laughs) to be on your show this morning (laughs) yeah it is it's funny i send people times and i tell them like oh you know if you want to adjust we can do it uh but but life is so weird because like if you tell somebody like we can do this at 10 most people will just be like yeah 10 but if they would have been like mm, like if you would have hit me back and said well let's do it at one i would have been like oh cool i can sleep three more hours right without even thinking about it but it, it, we had to come up with times because it was just like uh if not then we'll just be like so when you you want to do the show uh today sometime <laughs> should we get out of bed or should we just uh so but um we do appreciate you making it because 10 a.m mm-hmm. is early and i know i was up late last night doing absolutely nothing but watching empire repeat so um, <laughs> oh nice <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm 16 well 14 episodes behind now um but um i i was doing nothing last night it was like 4 a.m and i was like i have to be sharp in the morning uh so let me go to bed but um yeah we're really excited that you made it first of all um what's going on over at black girl nerds right now well, next month we will be over at San Diego Comic Con, so that's extremely exciting, and it's our first year coming along as press, so um, huge opportunity there, and we're really happy to be able to cover all of the latest happenings. We're also going to have a meetup uh, that's going to be scheduled that Friday, the week of the convention, so definitely if you're going to be in San Diego attending the con, come out and join us it should be a lot of fun so yeah that's that's the big thing that's happening uh next month for us and then everything else is still the same social media stuff me getting into it with trolls on twitter um (laughs) uh, the podcast which we just dropped an episode yesterday um so and then of course all of the editorials we have a, a new one that just popped up about the ray donovan show so yeah, just me really running the online community as best that I can and tackling that with a nine to five, which is so not easy. But yes. uh, I love this community so much that um, it, it's worth the blood, sweat and tears. Well, th- yeah. Matter of fact, let me before so we can do this uninterrupted. Let me just do all the upfront real quick. Um, so the official weapon of the show is the taser. The unofficial sport is bullet ball and bullet ball extreme. Today marks day 557 that Bobby Schmurter has been locked up in jail on $2 million bail without us having his, uh, bail or his charges reduced. Um, we are sponsored today. Double sponsor. We're brought to you by shadow dog productions who has a album. It's actually the second audio uh, play album that Karen and I have done. It's called sunspot mm-hmm. and other ratchetness. And we have friends of the show on there. Uh, of course, Nick Jew from what's the tea podcast. We have, mm-hmm. um, you know, John Fouts, uh, just everybody, people that have been on the show, uh, and actors and stuff. And we go in there and we, uh, be silly on the microphone and have fun uh playing characters and i think if you enjoy this show you'll enjoy that you can find sunspot and other ratchetness on itunes and amazon um and then also we're brought to you by bevel that's right 
this is uh this episode is brought to you by bevel which is the first and only shaving system designed specifically for coarse curly hair and sensitive skin step up your shave game today and say goodbye to razor bumps check out getbevel.com and use code tbgwt and you can get 20 percent off of your first month at getbevel.com that's g-e-t-b-e-v-e-l.com all right now that's done let's get back to this talking um so one of the things you brought up was the arguing with trolls because mm-hmm. <laughs> one I'm an art form for me now <laughs> yeah well one thing is um i actually love when people kind of like clap back and i and i never feel like you go like crazy or anything on people mm-hmm. but you know just like a like someone sh- you should say things back like i don't i don't know how i think people forget that people are human right behind mm-hmm. these names and i think um especially having the name black girl nerds mm-hmm. people see you like as a brand and not a human being anymore mm-hmm. so uh, a lot of times it's like you become like the focal point of criticism for certain things that i'm sure you never really asked for and especially having a jobby job like it's not like this you know this is what i do all day i walk outside and i just <laughs> mush people in the face and be like huh shot first you know I'm like a black nerd everybody gonna know <laughs> right <laughs> so um like what what is the experience like like what kind of things do people like kind of target you for uh you know um when it comes to trolling and stuff well definitely the nerd explaining and the gatekeeping is the biggest things so whenever i'm talking about a comic book character or um, a, a movie or TV show, I'm always questioned on if I know the history of this character. Do I know the history of the writers and the team on X-Men going back decades and decades? Um, I get an interrogation. Wow. Um, so that that's the biggest thing that I've noticed. Um, for example, the other day, this guy checked me on Cyborg and was explaining to me <laughs> uh, Ray Fisher's origin. And um, I guess he's not familiar with Black Girl Nerds. Like, I've interviewed David Walker, who's writing the comic right now. I have written reviews on Cyborg. We've done videos about Cyborg. So the fact that I am being explained the origin story of a character that we've been talking about on the site and the online community for years now, it, that it's just demonstrative of the fact that um, there are a lot of people out there, mostly men, who assume that uh, women just don't know enough or anything about comics uh, or, or any other part of, of nerd fandom. You know what's wild is that um, I never get questioned on those things, and I don't know any of that shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I, don't, like, I don't even bother looking it up, which sometimes I feel bad about because uh, when I like certain – I'm getting better about it. I put it that way. Like, when I like certain content, I should be like, okay, so Kelly Sue McCormick wrote that let me go find another thing she wrote so i can support that as well you know i'm getting to that level but in general i don't know who wrote what but but my okay maybe this is just (laughs) me who i just recently came quote unquote into my nerdom Mm -hmm. because for a very long time jamie roger just tell me i was a nerd and i just rejected the whole concept because mm-hmm. when I thought about nerd, I thought about, like Roger said, the people that every time you bring something up, you got to be fucking challenged on. I was like, look, I don't know that shit like that. And so I don't want to be constantly bothered and constantly question about certain things. But my thing, at the end of the day, who gives a fuck? I'm not trying to be right. funny. I'm not, I'll, who cares? Like Roger says, hit him and his other dudes that I might even know more than they do. It's dudes that say wrong and false information about comic book characters don't know jack shit 
but because you got a penis you feel like you have the right to question me when i actually might know more about this shit than you do but you just assume because i have vagina lips that i'm ignorant because i have breasts <laughs> all i do is cook in the goddamn kitchen all day and i don't pay shit attention outside of outside of having children and being a mom and shit like that you know because for some reason women quote unquote can't be nothing but a mom and a mother and a wife like that's what your life goal is and to me it's one of the things i say who cares like if you don't question a man why would you question me yeah because misogyny basically <laughs> i mean that 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 is something that's very pervasive especially in the nerd and geek communities is there's just a whole bunch of fanboys out there that don't like that women are entering into this space don't like the fact that we are um creating content in this space and that we are social influencers now um and that we're writing our own comics and we're artists and illustrators so they feel like something now is being taken away from them because they predominantly own this culture and, and they still do um but the fact that women and people of color are um creating spaces within it is seems to be an infringement upon them and it's it's sad because it really i think the more the merrier there there will be more opportunities to see comic book movies like black panther and cyborg and 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 hopefully some black women characters like Missy Knight and Monica Rambeau. So I, I see that it's an opportunity to see more diverse content, not anything that's going to be taken away from you. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, for a lot of these guys, they just feel like, well, um, you're a girl. I'm a guy. I know more than you. So I'm going to explain something that really doesn't need to be explained. Right. Um, just for the sake of proving that I am more knowledgeable than you. Yeah, and and I think for me the even more frustrating part about that, particularly when you when you are quote unquote nerd checked by a black male that's mm-hmm. also a nerd, and and not all of them, but it's a particular group that irritates me because y'all the same niggas that was crying about Spider Man being white about not having diversity in uh, comic books for years since you've been children how you've been reading these books for years and i want somebody look like me i want somebody look like me i want you've been going through this a lot longer than probably a lot of group of people as far as demographic of, of people that read comics and all of a sudden it's a diverse group that don't look like you and you're turning around and using the same tactic that was used against you to to a modulized group that just happened to be smaller than you in this market. And I don't understand that concept. I want somebody to look just like me too. You know, I have a niece. Right. So I try to look for comic books that she can read and that's appropriate for her age that has little black girls starring in them, you know, because I can't speak for nobody else, but I love the fact that little black boys can read uh, the black Spider-Man or the black Captain America now and feel a pride and a joy in their heart. You know, it, it felt good to me when um, Star Wars came out and you had Boyega up there and they did videos and black men would, a lot of them were literally in tears going, I'm, I'm glad we're here. I'm glad we're represented. I can take my son now. Like, what makes you think that mothers don't want that bond with their daughters? Mothers don't want to take their daughters to Comic Con and have them dressed up as a black Wonder Woman, as a black cat woman. You know, what makes you think, you know, that we don't want the same bond with our daughters as you have with your sons? Exactly, exactly. And, you know, I noticed the split because I thought that there was a lot of solidarity and and there is for the most part. But right. prior to, to this fallout, um, I thought there was a lot of solidarity between black men and women in the blurred community. And it wasn't until 
Ava DuVernay was announced as possibly pinning the role of being the director of Black Panther that I noticed all of a sudden all of these blurred dudes came out of nowhere saying, oh, well, she's not qualified for that. And why would they choose Ava DuVernay? Like they were really antagonistic towards this this possible choice. And I was just thinking, wow, where is this all coming from? Because, you know, other directors from other films that have no experience, because I think that was the argument for some of these dudes that she didn't have enough experience, um, have directed many films, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy director. He doesn't have a long resume. Um, so I just thought that that was very interesting that um, there was a lot of there was there, there was some bias towards uh the the male candidates versus the female candidates and and once uh Ryan Coogler was announced which Ryan Coogler only had I think two films under his belt which mm-hmm. uh one was just released the year that it was announced that he was going to be Black Panther director I didn't hear any you know backlash I didn't hear anything saying well he's not qualified he hasn't done enough films he's not a geek or a nerd none of that but when it came to Ava there was like a plethora of reasons why she's not qualified to direct Black Panther. And I found that that was very interesting. Yeah, I remember um, <clears throat> when she was announced, I being like, oh, like, oh my God, I hope she gets it. You know, like, like, this, like this, like this is a, you know, kind of a dream come true. You know, such a pro-Black director directing something that is such a pro-Black franchise, right? And then within, I don't know, probably hours of the announcement, maybe even minutes, it was, hey man you think she's gonna be able to direct something she's not a black man what would she know about being a black man right. betray- i was like it's it's a comic book though dog like right this material is not that she i mean you know selma was, had a lot to do with martin luther king but it doesn't like no one was going how she she never been a civil rights leader at, that was right. a man like we like we were okay that we were just praising her and saying why didn't she win an oscar for that or get or at least get nominated how are you just gonna flip and so yeah that happens often where you know um another thing that happens is um anytime black women specifically talk about black women character representation so like if they're like if a black woman is like um yeah i like um i don't know the marvel universe but there's no black women superheroes like brothers will immediately well you know okay so first of all what they supposed to do put storm in there storm already in x-men it's like you come you're already coming up with a list of ways to just ignore this critique or to right when it honestly costs you nothing to be like oh yeah that's a good point they should do that like there's so many things in that universe that people like started out complaining about that they've done because they got a one marvel and disney want all the money okay all of it let's mm-hmm. not never forget that um but then two it's it's not impossible it's a movie with flying people and shit like they they can <laughs> they can come up with something you know what i mean if, whether they have to create it from scratch whether they just race bend someone that's currently in there i mean they've done it the other way you know so um when we're looking at the ancient one for like dr strange that's not a white woman in that comic book so right they change things all the time i don't understand the impetus to tell somebody no so fervently like right away because it's you i have no attachment to it as far as um creative control i don't do i don't create anything for disney if they fuck up you know what disney fucked up not rod if uh fox fucks up fox fucked up not me um even if i enjoy something flawed it's okay to enjoy it and be like yeah but it, it can still be improved but it does feel like there's always a constant undercurrent in black nerddom between like 
okay black women want this okay let's tell them why they shouldn't want that but then i'm gonna go complain that spider-man is not black when they cast the new uh, spider-man homecoming come on now the the shit like that (laughs) is the shit that irritates the fuck out of me because i i pay attention to my timeline i see dudes they are livid when certain characters come out and they don't have diversity or they're not enough black men and why green lantern gotta be white my green lantern was black right. i watched green, mm-hmm. you know but yeah if i come out and say something about a black female all of a sudden for you the light is green but for me i have to wait right yeah right why, why, why can't we both have these things at the same time because the way i look at this is the same way i look at uh uh black men getting shot in the street and a lot of black men might not look at it like this. You always get this uproar from black men when black men are dying. Cool. Guess what? You always get this uproar from black women when black men are dying, okay? Right. Okay. In, in, in comic books, when black men get these comics, black women, we were like, okay, cool, cool, cool. I, I, I want diversity too. But yet when a black woman dies, it's crickets. When a black woman dies, nobody marches, nobody protests. Or if you do, it's a little small group of people. You know, when black women die, it's always these excuses on 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 why she got shot and why she got killed versus she's just somebody that just happened to die. And I look at it. I look at it the same way when it comes across the comic books. It's like black men will uphold the patriarchy of black men because some of these black men they actually want the same privilege as the white men, but they don't want to come out and say I want the same privilege as the white men when it comes to comics. I want comics to be all about me. Um, and I feel as though when black women come up, it's always some excuse. And, and that really, really uh, irritates me. And I always have looked at that in the same light uh, because to me that shit matters because all of a sudden when it comes to me, why is it, why doesn't my, and, and not only when it comes to comic books, book books, but comic book movies, mm. comic book films, comic book across the board, when I see black female characters not being represented, I have the right to demand more because I feel like just if you want my money, you're going to have to deal with my opinion. And nobody wants to, everybody wants to act like that shit don't matter. Black males spend their money, so when they talk about Black Panther, that's their opinion, that's their voices, and they want their voices to be heard. When I go buy comic books, my voice matters too, because now my dollars spend. And dollars, it, and at the end of the day, nobody wants to lose money. Exactly. I, that's what I don't understand. I mean, you're gaining more money by making it diverse and bringing in women and bringing in black women, because we are a huge force as consumers we have a lot of spending power and and one other conversation i remember was about uh lupita nyong'o as maz kanata in episode seven Mm -hmm. i had uh written an article on black nerds and uh, black girl nerds and then there was another contributor that wrote an article on black girl nerds about the fact that she was completely erased by cgiing her her face and I took issue with that. And people were coming at me on Twitter, black men mm-hmm. were coming at me on Twitter saying, well, you know, um, I don't see anything wrong with CGI. And why are you complaining about this? We got Lupita Nyong'o in the film. Look, I we don't get to see images of women that look like us on film. And Star Wars, one of the most iconic, prolific films of our generation, it would have been nice to have seen Lupita Nyong'o play the role of a Jedi or, or a Sith or even Maz Kanata just being her image instead of seeing a CGI'd alien. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that there's anything wrong in critiquing that. But like you said, Karen, when it's a man, then guys just go at it and complain about it and they have an issue and they have a whole host of reasons as to why 
this character uh, should be looked at it, you know, as a black male and, and to be um, depicted and represented. But when it comes to us, they just kind of find other reasons why that it's okay, or they just ignore it altogether. Like Sandra Bland's name being ignored and us having to use the hashtag, say her name. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's unfortunate. And, and, and there's a lot of bias and a lot of sexism that are that's in the nerd community and that needs to be addressed and that needs to be acknowledged yeah it's yeah. really funny too because um like uh with a lot of these issues if we had more than one black woman per film uh, i know the uh, quota is one i guess uh or the maybe the limit is one it seems um the issues wouldn't be as bad right because like it feels like you have one chance to get it right like if you do an x-men film storm that's it like Mm -hmm. you fuck up storm now i'm just like okay so just okay now we gotta wait for another film you know um and that's if you have one black woman in the film right so suicide squad uh you're gonna have uh viola davis right so it's like Mm -hmm. one you get one chance like if star wars had three black women with speaking parts then it's like okay lapita chose to do her thing this way but then there's two other black women in this film or whatever there's it's always just like the one like if she don't do it then nobody's gonna get to do it and so and and like i said it doesn't cost anything to just hear the critique and be like okay you know um like i've i saw the interview where lapita was like you know uh i wanted to do this character this way and learn from andy circus and i'm gonna use this and other things and stuff and that's cool you know what i mean but it doesn't mean that as a fan i have to go well yeah that's what i want from the film i can still want something different than the actor wanted like it's that's true. right you know it's like i don't understand how it turned into well i do understand it, it kind of turned into black men kind of being like shut up uh, <laughs> right 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 and, and and to piggyback on uh what you're saying and to talk about address something that jamie was saying we were talking about women people underestimate the buying power of black women black women are the most educated group of people out of all demographics in the united states of america we're highly educated which means we have tons of degrees which means we have fucking money to spend which means a lot of times we own our own businesses a lot of black women own their own business or starting their own business or have some connection with somebody that knows how to start their own business um and the thing is black women can invest a lot of times more than any other group because a lot of times we're higher educated and the thing is our buying power is off the chain women women across the board but particularly black women will end up splurging splurging, more money than men would people fail to realize that yeah guys come they go okay i want to get this amount of books you do have men that kind of go overboard but you have women that were like hey uh i'll pick this up for my niece i picked this up for my nephew i picked you know this one up for me and for you know what you don't you don't spend 60 dollars when you thought well i was only going to spend 20 women have a tendency to do that more just from studying statistics on women and just how they buy so it's like you have a whole demographic there that they're telling you that they want to give you their money and you're refusing to take it and also something else that makes me mad with a lot of men and and i will stick with this i hate it when you have men who don't say jack shit about nothing nerd related i go down your town on his basketball and football and hockey and soccer all goddamn day long but the first time something come about Tallahassee coach so there's something first time so here you come and, and, and bothering somebody i'm like well if you was quiet about the other shit keep being quiet because, because <laughs> not to, that, that's my promise like you really don't care your whole purpose is just to tell me to shit up because right. you just don't want to hear me out and and that's and that's the thing it's like 
I don't care what you talk about all day. I don't care what you do all day, but sometimes it costs nothing to be quiet because that's the problem. It's people that talk about this all day. Cool. But then there's people who don't never say shit until so, until a woman says something. Those are the people I have a problem with. Yes. And normally what they're saying, if you translate it is shut the fuck up. Right. It's normally not helpful or what it's normally just like, can't y'all just go back to being quiet so I can pretend that none of this is happening. You know, you're like, no, Mm -hmm. just keep being quiet. Like, yeah. Why, 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 why you choose this one time to speak up quick, keep watching the football game. I'm not bothering your football. I'm not bothering your basketball or whatever else is happening in your life. But I bet you one thing, a black man gets shot. I got to see that shit go all up and down my timeline all day with your hands clapping. Even in nerdum, it don't even have to be a black person getting shot or something. It just it can just be like uh captain america had his character changed to a nazi and people are like that's all you see all day like right. it's certain mm-hmm. like just certain things just trigger people and nerd them to like go slap off but then you know when it's certain issues that you don't have to deal with or you don't care about or you yeah that don't represent you in any way then it's like oh well can you, y'all just stop being upset about it when you know for the most part um when i see people being mad about something and i don't agree with it i just don't say shit to them i don't like it really doesn't cost me anything to be like okay i I see where they're coming from or i don't see where they're coming from and just walk away from that topic because i'm not gonna spend all day telling somebody else how they need to feel about you know these fictional things you know right and also and also i think for me when uh men do this it's like just like you tell white people to know their historical context Mm -hmm. there is a historical context about a man coming and telling a woman just to be quiet just because and people don't want to admit that too and then when she turn around and get mad at you and clap back because you done said something out of pocket to her you act like she's wrong for telling you to get your ass at her timeline get your ass at her mention and go on about your business um mm-hmm. jamie have you had any like of the because i know like gamergate was like a huge thing last year um and i don't know uh do, do you game do you uh people on the site do y'all write about games a lot or anything like that yeah we do have um writers that talk about gaming lauren warren she's the video game contributor of black girl nerds um so there there's some gaming content i, I think that there should definitely be some more because it's few and far between but mm-hmm. i i haven't really um because i know the gamergate situation and and women in gaming community has been really harsh and uh i mean women have been threatened and uh doxxed and and just all of this craziness and i'm grateful that i haven't been involved in those circles but i've seen it from the sidelines and it's just it's sickening it's disgusting i don't understand what it is about women wanting to create games play games be a part of this community that is such a threat to men it yeah. it doesn't make any sense to me so it's it's very unfortunate what has come out of the gamergate community and um i just give all of my blessings and just i'm 100 percent supportive of the women out there that are going through this and are fighting the good fight for all of us because it's it's a really hard space to be a part of yeah do you worry about having the because i can never tell by the way with these gamergate dudes what's the thing that like makes the backlash you know what i mean like mm-hmm. women have been gaming forever women have been writing about gaming women have been talking about gaming women have been feminists forever somehow and it's just like once every two weeks or so there's just something where they're just like uh i don't like her because she said this like do you ever worry about 
you know and not just gamergate but even just within blurdom you know you worry about your um your opinion and the backlash that you get for you know being like i don't like this movie or i did like this movie or whatever i'm grateful that the blur community is not that vicious Mm -hmm. um it seems like white males are incredibly (laughs) um violent and and threatening online um and and black males are not uh, because you know black men are still marginalized even though patriarchy exists uh, they, they're still marginalized like us. So, uh, I don't get the kind of, um, backlash that women get in the gaming spaces. I actually was on a panel with Anita Sarkeesian, um, at Feminist Frequency, who is pretty prolific in this space and has written articles and unfortunately has been threatened many, many times online. And in this panel that I was at, this was at Geek Girl Con, there was actually a bomb threat. Um, because she was there and I'm just like this is ridiculous like people are really and she has to have like a security guard around her at all times it's just crazy so I I am grateful that I don't have to deal with that kind of um those kind of threats but you know it's still hard it's I still deal with trolls on a daily basis and um I I just say to those folks that you know who are upset about this we're not going anywhere you know being antagonistic towards women and being antagonistic towards people of color that's not really going to change anything this space is going to continue to be diverse and we will continue making our content that's why these niche spaces like black girl nerds and so many others have been created because we've been marginalized we have been sidelined we have been ignored and dismissed by mainstream outlets that focus on nerd culture so i i don't see the point in being antagonistic when we're just going to stay and we're going to thrive and grow and evolve and pretty much dominate this space yeah it it pretty it really is like uh the speech from color purple that all my life i had to fight like yeah um (laughs) for uh for a black woman nerddom you know what i'm saying because you catch it from so many things so many different angles um and then like how how much of like black girl nerds the brand is jamie you know because you have a lot of people that write for you and you do have like uh you know other people on twitter and stuff like how much of it is jamie and how much of it is just like the banner of you know black women let's unite under this banner let's get in formation ladies Uh, (laughs) that's a great question um i am so grateful to have a large team of women that help in so many areas because bgn has grown um substantially over the last four years and because i am still balancing a full-time job and doing this i certainly can't do it alone so I am the one that operates the Black Girl Nerds account. It is exclusively me, so that's all, Jamie. But the um, website, all of the editorials that you see, most of them are written by other contributors at this point. I actually haven't written a whole lot of editorials myself lately. Uh, the podcast is co-hosted by many women. We're now doing segments where there's one-on-one uh, interviews with guests and all of the other podcasters are contributing to that. The at Black Girl Geeks account, which is the sister account to Black Girl Nerds, is operated by a team of women and men. There's actually men that um, work the account for the live tweeting of various shows. Um, so yeah, it's it's really 
great platform where everybody is involved. It, it is, in fact, a community, a community of people that is um, putting out content for an online community. So I'm, I'm very grateful to have a lot of help with uh, with Black Girl Nerds, because if I did it all by myself, I would probably just pass out from exhaustion. <laughs> <laughs> what, what gave you the idea to say, this is a space that I want to go into as far as being a Black nerd? You know, I four years ago when I created the site, I just wanted to see images of black girls that looked like me that were a part of nerd culture. Like I had noticed shows like Big Bang Theory and, um, you know, seeing websites like The Nerdist and, and reading even websites like Mary Sue at the time, which was predominantly white. Um, noticing that these nerd spaces really did not reflect any women that looked like me, even when they sold merchandise. They didn't feature Storm or Misty Knight or Monica Rambeau. And I'm just like, this is so interesting that nerd culture is becoming very big. We're seeing it, um, you know, in the form of comic book movies and and TV shows and such. But there's no people of color in these spaces. And there's certainly no black women. It's almost as if we're an anomaly. So I just went on Google and typed in black girl nerds just to see if there was somebody out there that had a website, a YouTube page, something and and nothing came up. And I just thought that that was very interesting. Even when I typed in Black Girl Nerds under the image results in Google, I saw white women with black glasses. What? Mm. So, yeah. So, yeah, it, I mean, it, it was just very interesting that a community of women that have always been around, I mean, really always been around. Mae Jemison is a nerd, you know. Right. I, I even think Harriet Tubman was a nerd, like mm-hmm. Phyllis Wheatley. Like, there there were so many of us through time that have um, embraced this culture, but we've just never been reflected in it, reflected mm-hmm. in mainstream media. And I just was like, well, I'm going to put a term on the web and call it Black Girl Nerd. Since I can't find that term in Google, I'll create it. And that's really how it all happened. And what about like growing up? Like, did you grow up reading comics or, uh, like what, or, you know, like what was your, your nerdness growing up? I did. I started reading comics at nine years old. Mm. Uh, the first comic I started reading was the Archie comics. Uh, cause my mom would buy one every time we went to the grocery store. It was like in the same aisle as the cash register and it would yes. be on the side stand. So my mom would pick one up. And then, um, my mom would take my brother and I to the comic book shop. And one day I saw this comic book called Excalibur. Mm. Um, and Excalibur is a spinoff team from the X-Men based in the UK. And I just really liked that team because it was mostly women on the team. I just saw this comic book with a whole bunch of boobs on it. And I was like, I want to see, <laughs> see this comic book. <laughs> um, and, and that's what got me started. And then from Excalibur, I went on to X-Men and um, had been reading comics for a long time um, in my childhood. And I was always a gamer. I, I'm not a gamer now, but I was definitely into gaming. My mom bought me an NES system when I was 10 years old. And my brother and I used to um, play with with all of the different uh, games on the NES system um, and as well as the other systems that came after it. And, you know, I I always just kind of like was a person that was okay with being in solitude. I didn't really have a lot of friends, so I spent most of my time just reading books. Mm. And I collected a lot of cards, baseball, basketball, even the comic book Marvel cards. So that that was a big staple of my nerddom. And, And I was into things that were quote-unquote 
guy fandoms, right. um, which have always been embraced by nerd culture. Um, so that that is something that I always grew up with. So, you know, I guess now it's considered to be nerdy, but back then, those were just things that were cool. Yeah, I I remember. Uh, like I don't I, now I don't know your mom, but I you know my mom, my dad. Like I do remember the struggle of the comic book rack at the grocery store Mm -hmm. because uh since i didn't have the money it was always like a crapshoot on whether my mom was coming off the the 99 cents or not you know Mm -hmm. like i have read so many issues of a comic book in the store you know what i mean i'm just like i "I got to hurry up and finish weapon x i got to hurry up mama's in line i got to please don't send me to get bread if i'm just like three pages because you forgot the milk yeah i'm three pages from finding out if logan can beat the wendigo just please don't right (laughs) you know that was such a struggle uh but yeah every once in a while mom would be like here's like three four dollars go you know comic books like 75 cents so uh, yeah. at the time i could go get three four five comic books and like no now, kids now probably got to pick one you yeah. know i know they're <laughs> they're high now but that's that's what free comic book day is all about for me because yes. you you can get some free comics or you can get some at a really super low discount at your your local comic book shop so it's it's fun to always go to the free comic book shop because then i'm able to just like bask in the nostalgia of it all and collect like right now i'm on issues i have issues one through 125 of excalibur wow. so um i'm just doing collectibles now uh because of free comic book day um and you can save money that way so it's great yeah and you and your parents or you say your mom she was really supportive of uh your your nerdery she was i mean and and again like back then we didn't know it was nerdy um and neither did she but she always supported the things that um my brother and i was into because i lived in a neighborhood that was like predominantly boys so i wanted everything that the boys wanted um so when she purchased the nes system and got the game cartridges like she was there playing super mario brothers with us (laughs) you know she didn't read comics but um she would be there she would drop us she would drop us off she wouldn't be in the store with us she'd do her own thing go shopping and then come back and pick us up but we would be in the comic book shop my brother and i for hours just hanging out reading comic books picking and choosing what we wanted to bring home with us and she was always very supportive of that so it's great to have a mom that is there to support your your fandoms um because when you get older that is something that is going to still resonate with you and maybe you could use it to your advantage to allow those fandoms to work for you right hey maybe you won't put them in a home you know when the time comes <laughs> it's like you're gonna look back and be like you know what you bought me a sega genesis uh you bought me uh you know a nintendo a super nintendo um you know maybe you wouldn't that bad after all you know what i'm not gonna <laughs> put you in the home now you all you call them all nintendos which you know is fine you didn't know the difference no but <laughs> in general you know my playstation yeah. wasn't a nintendo but yeah, you bought I'm that for for me and i appreciate you um i feel like my parents relationship with video games were always the same which was uh did you do your homework because uh no i'm gonna gonna need them controllers you gonna have to i noticed that the house wasn't uh as clean as i'd like it to be uh put that back on top i feel like my sega genesis spent more time on top of the refrigerator than plugged to a tv oh no yeah yeah we were uh it was a struggle man that's that's why i game now dad you can't stop me um <laughs> <laughs> all night if i want to right <laughs> now it's like four in the morning i'm just making up for lost time 
um what about like school wise and stuff because you also say you were kind of a loner uh with school like did you grow up uh and we did the same thing with uh ben i mean dj ben i mean like did, what was your like background growing up like did you grow up uh like in predominantly black neighborhoods did you grow up taking uh like were you in the uh what do you call those um like advanced classes and stuff like that I didn't. I wasn't really that smart. Um, <laughs> so I never did AP classes. But Maybe. as far as growing up, I lived in a predominantly mixed um, town. I don't know if that term's ever been used. But anyway, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> um, it, it was mixed because I'm from Virginia Beach. I still currently live there. And um, in Virginia Beach, it's a military town. So there's a lot of people that come from different parts of the country to live here for, for military reasons. So people of all different nationalities and backgrounds, um, live in this city. So it, I, I never dealt with a whole lot of racism or, you know, anything like that. I, I have encountered it a couple of times being in certain sections of the city that are predominantly white. But, um, for the most part, I, I lived in a very diverse, um, neighborhood. And I think that that is what's helped me, um, have a very diverse perspective when it comes to cultures, people of different nationalities, people of different backgrounds. Um, and, and I, I've always loved that. Like I, I love, um, TV shows and movies and content that feature us and, and, and other cultures. But I, I just love seeing, um, you know, people that are, you know, I, I love watching shows that are from like the BBC and I like watching K dramas and, and things right. like that. So I, I embrace a lot of cultures as well. So yeah, my, my background has been pretty mixed growing up and, um, I've always been a bit of an introvert. I'm still an introvert now. It's, it's hard for me to even do like interviews like this and speaking on panels because it's, you know, being social wasn't something that, has ever been my forte. Mm. Um, but I, I've always been a recluse growing up and, and not really having a whole lot of friends when I was in school. I had a very small, close knit group of friends. Um, like there was like two of us, but not, not anything where I was considered quote unquote popular. So, um, was, so yeah. So was going on, uh, MHP show, was that like a big hurdle for you? It was. It, and, and that whole day was crazy because the driver that was supposed to pick me up for the interview was late. <laughs> and uh, I literally walked in the studio minutes before that segment aired. Uh, so I was frazzled to begin with. But for some reason, the moment I sat in that chair, just this calm came over me. Um, and I was able to you know, handle it without puking next to, to <laughs> Melissa. Um, <laughs> and, 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 and it was such an honor because she is the first person that ever followed the black girl nerds Twitter account, like the first celebrity. Wow. Um, so it was very much like a full circle kind of moment for me being on that show. Yeah. I felt, uh, as a fellow introvert, you know, it felt like I got to vicariously get my life through you uh you were you were there taking pictures and stuff i was on facebook like 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 all this look she's touching <laughs> melissa Harris parents she's touching her. i know i know uh it was so that was that was really cool um now what have been some of the highlights because i feel like we've talked about a lot of the struggle you know what i'm saying but what have been some of the highlights of black girl nerds i know you, you guys have like 70 something thousand followers on twitter at this point mm-hmm. um and at this point, I mean, uh, Ava DuVernay, uh, isn't Idris following y'all, following you? 
Yeah, mm-hmm. interest is following. So, like you know, you've been you've been on you've been on TV. I check it every day too. Like, right. still following this account. Let me know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, like, do you? Um, so, like, what kind of things uh, have been the highlights? You know, because uh, like I said, TV and all this stuff now. Yeah, so definitely Melissa Harris Perry show was a highlight and Shonda Rhimes giving me a shout out on Marie Claire magazine was just insane and crazy and unexpected. Um and and then just being able to be represented in all of these different conventions across the country, being asked to be on panels. I mean, I like I said before, talking is a new experience for me. Um so being asked to be a part of a panel on some of the biggest, um, you know, at some of the biggest conventions and being on panels with very prolific people. Like last year at San Diego Comic-Con, I was on a panel with Ryan Coogler. Um, that was crazy. Uh, so, you know, those kinds of things are are awesome and, and big highlights of Black Girl Nerds. And, and just being recognized by so many folks in this space and, and having the kinds of followers that we have, Idris Elba and uh, Shonda, Melissa, and Ava DuVernay, and and so many other great people. It, I'm I'm very honored um, to see that these folks really love the work that we're doing, and and see that this is a space that's very inclusive, and also recognize themselves as nerds. For example, Lance Reddick, he was on like The Wire and Fringe. Um, he recently followed Black Girl Nerds, and he was like, "Well, I'm a." A nerd too. Like I just think that that's really cool that uh, these these celebrities and VIPs like the space and then acknowledge themselves as being nerdy um, because you don't really see that a whole lot. So that's yeah. that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Now also with your platform corner kind of growing, um, like there's like one thing I, I've always noticed too is um, there's a certain uh, amount of wokeness that is supposed to be expected at this point from you. Do you ever feel like there's pressure, like when you're watching something to be like, okay, now I got to make sure that I'm seeing all the problematic stuff as well as all the good stuff so that, you know, later if I go on Twitter and say I like Finding Dory and then people come on and they're like, yeah, man, but you know, them green fish, they represented black people and that was, a, that was messed up <laughs> that you would like this film. Like, do you, do you feel pressure to be woke? I, I know you feel that as well, being in the space of Turin. I've seen your timeline, especially with the whole Bernie situation. Um, yeah, it, it's hard. I mean, there's so many things to be offended at now. Uh, it, it, it makes it a difficult space to maneuver in. And I'm always open and willing to be sensitive to issues. Um, but Sometimes I think people just want to have an air horn on Twitter and and vent about something that's not anything to be incredibly upset at. That said, I I am, you know, I I am woke to a lot of issues just because I, as a black woman, have to be. It's not something I choose to do. It's because it's a part of the fabric of my life. And I have to acknowledge the fact that racism is still pervasive in the spaces that I, that I maneuver in the fact that, you know, sexism is still um, very much a part of, you know, destroying a part of our community where with the conversations that we've had earlier, gatekeeping and mansplaining and things like that. Um, But I also want to acknowledge social justice issues because I think it's important and having a space that is, that has a lot of followers um, being someone that's considered a quote unquote 
social media influencer. I think it's important for me to also highlight those issues and focus on them because there are some people that didn't even know what has been happening in the news just because I was talking about it. And I think that that's um, something to be acknowledged. Um, but it's it's hard because I'm only one person on a Twitter account, so I can't acknowledge every issue. And people always love to tweet to me, did you hear about this and that? So, uh, you know, whatever issue I feel like is something that affects me and and something that I think would be um, profound on the community that I represent, then I'm always willing to to highlight those kinds of issues. Yeah, it, it is weird uh, being expected to be woke, quote unquote, yeah. <laughs> because sometimes people like sometimes people hit me up and like I absolutely see their point and I agree um, or sometimes like. I feel like the new thing for me is that um i've been liking a lot of stuff like ever since uh batman superman came out and i hated it um afterwards everything has kind of been like some level of enjoyable to me i think mm-hmm. my my brain has just refused to be that upset again so i'm just like you know yeah. what they had four turtles uh april o'neill was in the movie and casey jones was in there i don't understand what's bad about it and then i just move on like you know rather than try to fight about it um but every once in a while someone will come to me with something where uh like the last thing was um this dude called diggle the character on um arrow Arrow. Arrow. Mm -hmm. he was like yeah he's a coon man and i was like Mm -mm. whoa okay that that's a lot that's far and like how did we get here and my thing wasn't to argue with him because i when he first said it i literally just said okay well i disagree and i tried to like keep i was actually watching the show at the time so i was like i'm gonna continue to watch the show and just you know if you feel that way i I can't change your mind um but they kept going like no no i you i don't i mean i stopped watching the show after a couple episodes so can you explain i'm like it's it's literally four seasons later i like i don't even know like and so but they kept going until i had to sit down and be like okay i'm pausing this now so now i'm not enjoying what i was doing and here are the 17 reasons why i feel like he's a really complex um like a complicated character that's not just a racial stereotype and he's not a quote-unquote coon and all this stuff and afterwards you know the guy was like oh okay well uh you know i I thank you for explaining it to me and i'm just like (laughs) but you could have watched the show you could have like there like i don't even understand like the you got so much patience because honey i ain't explaining jack shit to you watch the goddamn show yourself right but that's the um i don't i, I don't know i guess it's, it's pressure out machine it, i mean yeah the rage machine is in it started with fantastic four oh. which i am one of the few people that enjoyed the film i didn't think it was that terrible of a movie yeah yes it had its problems but people were just going at it and i'm just like is this the new thing now where we're just going to destroy a movie because they were destroying the movie before it was even released like people was already in their feelings about it um because it wasn't canon and it was dark and and i'm just like give it a chance and Mm -hmm. when most of us did give gave it a chance we some of us did like it and some people were just adamant about hating it and and it's happening more and more frequently with x-men apocalypse and, and and batman versus superman i mean those weren't really great films, but they weren't the worst films ever right. made. I mean, there's, I can name at least 10 movies that are far worse than all of those movies. Right. Um, so this whole nerd rage machine is just, it's, it's annoying. I, I don't like the fact that you either have to love something or hate it, that there's no in between. Right. Yeah, there, there is a contingent of us that 
can feel like meh about a movie or not have any um, strong feelings about it. Like I'm usually in the middle when it comes to these things. And there are some movies that I'm just like, this is the worst movie ever made. Right. Jonah Hex. So I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. 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 You know, so, so I just, I just think that we need to kind of take a step back and, and also do a rewatch because there are movies that I've watched, you know, gave it a second and third watch. And I'm just like, you know what? This isn't as bad as I thought it was when I saw it in the theater. Right. So that that's another thing people need to do before they just start going off on a tantrum. That happened with me where uh Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the first film. Like I, I left the first film angry and then I rewatched it on Amazon Prime like a couple months ago and I was like, I don't know what I was mad about. I like it's, <laughs> they're they're teenage mutant ninja turtles. It's not really a lot to do, you know what I mean? Like all the personalities fit with the things I grew up reading and watching, I don't know what I was, I was tripping. And yeah. then, you know, suddenly I'm over it. And I think when you talk about disliking stuff, um, on two levels, on the one level, um, we all have different lines. And True. my thing is to try to respect it because I remember I read your Fantastic Four piece and I did, I'm not gonna lie, I did hate Fantastic Four, but, uh, I remember being like, yeah, well, that's like, why would you like because i read the comments and i was like why does she have to hate it too like isn't it okay for me to be like i didn't like this thing but jamie liked this thing and we just you know we can laugh about it in a year i don't know but why are we angry that we didn't all have the same opinion uniformity of opinion is not ever going to be achievable why not uh just kind of allow the fact that we have diverse opinions to kind of like flourish and for a while and maybe it still is this way but because i've kind of opted out of some of the conversation online but it felt like you had to be angry to be a nerd in a lot of spaces it's like synonymous with nerd it's like you're not a real nerd unless you're mad about shit all the time and i'm not i'm you know like in general i'm enjoying this time i think we're living in a golden era of nerddom come on now where actors who are like preach you know actors don't actors who don't have to do this are being like i gotta get in this marvel film you know like yeah, <laughs> like there was a time when i would be like benedict cumberbatch is gonna do what now why like what <laughs> like why would he waste his time now it's like man benedict cumberbatch lucky he got that part because i mean it was six other dudes that could have done that like we're at that level now a dude wins yep. an oscar and then goes i want to be in this franchise you know so i feel like uh for a lot of part for a large part sometimes it feels like we're getting it take people take it for granted but i just didn't want to be part of the the anger Mm -hmm. culture because that's never what being a nerd was about for me i it was a a place of solace it was a a a happy place like oh i'm reading my comic book i'm not you know i'm happy to talk about it with people that are enjoying it but i wasn't seeking out people so we could all be mad about it Exactly. And people have to understand screen adaptations from books, creative liberties happen all the time. So if you're upset because it's not canon, then prepare to be miserable for the rest of your life because that's what you're going to – I mean that's what's going to be happening when these Mm -hmm. Marvel movies um, and these Warner Brothers DC movies come out. They're not always going to go specifically – 
um, in alignment with the comic book. And that's what a lot of these fans are like angry about. And it's okay to be angry about the whitewashing situations that happen because I think that that is a bigger conversation to have when it comes to several other films that have whitewashed um, people of color. But when it comes to like canon and, you know, it's not the way it is in the comic. I don't understand the point of getting mad because that it's going to be like that regardless. There's other variables involved as to why a screen adaptation of a book is not line by line what you've read page by page in the comic book. I I agree. And for me, like me and Roderick, uh, I'm still a few episodes, I mean, a few episodes, a few books, comic books behind, but me and Roderick have read The Walking Dead, like starting from one. And so, a lot of people who have read the comics, they get in their feelings when it comes to the way yes. the show does it. And I'm not trying to be funny. To me, there are some aspects about the show that I think did a way much better job than the comics. Yep. And, I agree with that. And that's something that is hard for people who haven't read them to, uh, who has read them and going, well, it's not the same. I wouldn't watch the show. Right. That's just me. When, when you take a comic and you make it into a TV show, tell me a different story yes we can have certain points we can have certain landmarks we can have certain character arcs yes but do not tell me the identical same story that i already know twist it make it different uh, because they're characters that are live on the comics that are not on the show and vice versa or some characters that are completely made up or for just specifically for the show and for me that's what makes the platforms different. And when you're reading a book, you got 10,000 words of description sometimes. I'm watching right. it. You don't have to describe what the person looks like, their skin tone, how the hair is wavy, how the light uh, 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 bounds up on their face. I can see the shit. Just show me. Also, it takes, like, some of these stories, it's just not fair to put it, uh, to put uh, such emphasis on other mediums because if you get 12 months to tell a story in a comic book, sometimes, like, sometimes just to write an arc of a comic book is six to eight months mm-hmm. and then yeah. people want it encapsulated in like a two-hour movie or a you know a, a one-hour show they wanted to get everything from and it's just impossible um and also they have to make decisions um in their medium or else it feels like it's, it's not their baby like if i'm greg nicotaro i'm not directing my tv show to be exactly what someone just did in the comic book because at this now it's like what's the point of me i'm I'm just an intermediary like i do want to have some control um i remember when the um <laughs> the walking dead controversial finale uh aired um i like it ended and i i clapped i was just like i've never seen anyone have the balls to do that before <laughs> I, th- thank you you know what i mean like i like i'll be talking about this for months. about that yeah there's a lot of nerd rage behind that, that right finale. oh yeah oh yeah I, I was in that group i I'm, yeah I, karen was karen was <laughs> living like karen the, it ended in if there would have been a uh camera on our couch it, like the reaction was completely different like karen <laughs> it was two opposites in that room it looked like karen's team lost the game yes. on a game winning shot and my team won on that same game winning shot 
because i was just like wow oh my god they blew my mind and karen's just like what what did they just do and i was just like oh that was you don't understand that was like the craziest way to end it now we don't know what happened it's gonna be it's gonna be so crazy for the next six months and karen's like well, i gotta wait six months like it was so wild <laughs> yeah. in this house i didn't even think about it it was because i let a big old fuck you real loud to the <laughs> she, tv she really like, literally literally said fuck you like i yeah. li- I literally screamed at that tv like like they could hear me and put both my middle fingers up and was like <laughs> fuck you oh so good oh, i could man. see that i could see that and you know what? i i appreciate the creative liberties that the folks over at the walking dead has done in comparison to the comics because i've also read the comics i'm way behind but i've read the comics and i didn't need to see the rape that happened with mm. michonne like yes. i'm glad that they, they took that decided out. not to show that so um, me too Excellent. you know what i'm saying so people have to understand some of these liberties are taken because of either the kind of network that it's on or because that they feel like this content is just a little too triggering for audiences to watch and even um, even robert kirkman has admitted to being like oh yeah I, I wouldn't have done that like if now me knowing looking back would be like yeah there's no need to take it there like uh he said he wouldn't have cut rick's hand off you know what i mean like that's yeah. a pretty major part of that story and you know he can never undo it but it but it's little stuff like that where this show gave him a second chance to do things better in his mind so it's just interesting to see how people react to it but yeah you're right i did not want to see what happened to michonne happened on that Mm -mm, nope yeah yeah because like you say the 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 platforms are different so the visual is kind of different than actually reading it through a a black and white comic it was hard to read Read though it was like it wasn't like like i remember we we were getting all the all the comic book graphic novels like karen would come home i got two more we'd be like all right you know read them and you know try to read them first and stuff and we would then we go out lunch or dinner or whatever like oh did you remember when they did this did you see that but this was like the one time i was like and eh, we don't really need to that's not yeah that's not anyway that one and one more thing i would like to say now since i go back and we talked about the way the walking dead ended one thing i can say and one thing i do give the walking dead kudos for they did what they were supposed to do which is invoke emotions and i think some people have a have a tendency to forget that feeling is part of the show and the enjoyment and why you come back, you know, because even if you was like great or you was like, fuck you, they, they invoked an emotion out of you. And, and and that's the whole point. And, and actually it's brilliant and it's, and it's wonderful. And it's one of those things where more shows should do that, but they wouldn't have the balls to do that. Mm -hmm. Look, they put in work for six seasons okay um they called they shot man i have no problem with what they did like i don't either it made me look back like because i knew something was up when they had glenn live i was just like okay i feel like everyone knew that he wasn't dead but they're like they're now setting us up to where we need to look at the show and go oh despite what you saw anything could happen right and so yeah now we have that anything could have happened moment and they're messing with us and i like being messed with i don't know what to tell y'all i'm you know mess with my mind baby i'll be back in october <laughs> yeah and, and they yeah they have a loyal following enough yep. to where they can do stuff like this and we'll still come back yeah. so you know kudos to them i i don't think it's going to be glenn i think because they teased us about his death that they're not going to do that to us again so yeah. it'll be interesting to see 
who ends up being you know you know what's a, you know what's amazing jamie is this is now at the point where even if it was glenn it would still feel like a blow and that's something right. i thought was impossible because people were um com- com- saying that it was glenn f- for all this time because it was glenn in the comics right and i was like well i don't think they'll do it because you won't everyone's going to be like i knew that would happen you know so it's not a big deal but now it's like if they if it was glenn when they come back i'll still be kind of shocked because of that feeling that i had that they gave me at the end of this finale like um not saying that it would be as shocking as other people and i still don't think it will be him but if it was him i would still be like oh my god the impact of this moment is more is like the comic book when they killed him it's it's mm-hmm. it, it actually had a, it resonates with me as opposed to you know oh of course they got to do this to end the series or end the season they got to kill glenn or whatever so mm-hmm. all right and yes karen okay one more thing before we move on we was talking about people about their movies you know what i do i ask people what kind of mind frame they was in because that makes a difference on how they view things if you were tired if you were sleepy if you were high if you were drunk <laughs> that's gonna affect uh, that's gonna affect that's your true. view and how you uh mm. do movies because i watch movies tired and if i watch a movie tired most likely it's the most worst shit i ever seen because i was tired and i wasn't focused so a lot of times like hey how did you watch this movie or if you already went in with the bias of fuck this movie i gotta almost eliminate your opinion too because you were angry going in well i'm gonna tell you like this dog uh and i realized this a couple years ago i'm a narcissist about my opinion i don't really care that much about other people's opinions of what <laughs> like like i don't i don't listen to any review shows anymore like if someone's like oh i'm a review that why do i care it's i watched it myself and i felt a certain way i don't need to know how you felt about it like i don't mind like i don't mind a conversation or critique or something like that but i'd rather it be like a personal thing um where we we talk about something or you know if i read like oh this thing in this movie was done badly or whatever that's cool i'll read that but as far as like you being like uh this is how i feel about i don't know um this is how i feel about finding dory i don't care like for the most part and i don't mean to be cold with it but it's the truth is it's never gonna make me not enjoy what i enjoyed or make what was bad to me good you know so and i and i've kind of accepted that most people whether they admit it or not are kind of the same way like if Mm -hmm. if if someone doesn't like Watchmen and i love Watchmen, i there's literally nothing i can say to them that'll make them go well now i like it rod i'm glad we argued for 30 minutes because (laughs) i've never it doesn't happen on the internet so why are we doing it to each other let's just except that we have differences and be cool man just don't be like destructive with your differences and stuff that's all all right we have a couple news articles to get to and then we'll play our games all right we, cool but i've enjoyed this conversation because Me too. Uh, Me too. You know, i felt like uh you know we we never got to really talk with jamie the other time we went straight to uh reviewing uh <laughs> game, game of thrones. thrones game of thrones yeah all right so here's some uh here's some news for you guys okay fellow uh people out there that go on facebook you probably have social media right we all do um you should log out of facebook when you're watching porn oh why is facebook flashing my porn up um well apparently uh with since 2011 i guess seven years ago uh well seven years ago they promised that in 2009 that they would not uh use the like and share buttons to track people but that changed 
and in 2011 the site publicly stated no information we receive when you see social plugins it's used to target ads we delete this information within 90 days we never sell you your information which is probably not true either well they've changed they've gone back on their word and okay. now instead of only tracking you if you click the like or share button they will track you if one of those buttons is on the site you're at regardless of the behavior holy shit mm-hmm. so if you're in streaming porn sites they have like oh do you want to like or share this porn clip which i've never really understood the point of those buttons there because <laughs> are there people i don't know maybe there are there people are. that are like facebook check this out this is what i'm into you yeah. know uh, somebody must be sharing it because they be like you can share it on twitter google i'm like why would you right this? maybe that's what yeah, i need to okay need to start doing and see what everybody can see what i'm into but you know let's say i do <laughs> yeah. something i like it don't mean i want the shit to flash on facebook right i need my followers to really understand me as a person every <laughs> as a whole person everything that that is rod you need to understand okay you need to know uh ebony chick with bog <laughs> with, with bog tits like you need to know all my fetishes right all fetishes yeah when i you know um i never leave comments on streaming porn sites Mm-mm. but unless it is a um a typo i'll let the person know uh, <laughs> sir that those are not bog tits those are boobs wrong yeah sir come on ebony the y goes before the end what are you doing after <laughs> the end um but yeah so um apparently their new privacy policy says we collect information when you use visit or or when you visit or use third-party websites and apps that use our services like when they offer like or like button or facebook login or use your our measurement and advertising services this includes information about websites and apps you visit your use of our services on those websites and apps as well as information the developer or publisher of the app or website provides to you for us or us um so yeah man you um you know might want to log out of facebook i don't know i nah, I won't be logging out me either because that's fucking inconvenient who want to keep logging back in every time you go on to facebook well it's also for me man i, I facebook i kind of like when they track my stuff um i love those targeted ads like really mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i bought one. i bought two t-shirts uh off of i was like oh good for you facebook i i did want that basketball t-shirt that is <laughs> you know i'm i don't know i'm what, like um what? tom cruise in um um uh minority report when he was walking through the mall and it was just like hey tom cruise don't don't you like them flex that you uh <laughs> they come they got a brown pair now you know well i'm getting better because i was anti that but yeah sometimes it reminded me of shit i clicked on about oh yeah i did want that right like mm-hmm. i i like now i now i didn't now i'm blowing my money on it because you reminded me i don't got nothing to hide dog like if i left something <laughs> in my ebay gift basket of uh, my um my i mean my amazon checkout basket yes please remind me yeah, facebook <laughs> ah. because i am absent-minded sometimes and i'm like that is right i do need that tea tree oil for my beard i had <laughs> i was about to run out but facebook saved me man thank you say facebook um but yeah i understand nobody else likes that so i'm okay with that <laughs> i'm better at it yeah i like it yeah. i'm oblivious <laughs> to all of this because i'm barely on facebook it just, it's just such an annoying platform for me right now <laughs> it you know it is um the problem with facebook is uh you have to see everybody else's thoughts uh sometimes yeah um what i like to do or what i've done is um i basically curated it so that it only alerts me with certain people that i like when they post yep 
Oh, is that a new setting? Yeah, you go to friends. Uh, First of all, you have to turn off your notifications, and you can also turn off your um, front page so that it doesn't show what's most recent, Mm -hmm. and it just shows you what you're most likely to want to see. And then I go to people's pages, and I'm like, give me notifications when this person posts. So now I feel like it's a much safer space for me because I'm just Mm -hmm. like, oh yeah i love this person everything they say let me go check all what what do you know facebook is the greatest yes let me like another baby picture versus i hate all gays no right like it (laughs) actually it actually saved some people because i know there's still gotta be because i don't actually have however many thousands of friends i on facebook like i don't all those people aren't my friend um and i know there's got to be people among them that i wouldn't even really like if i got to know them right but i'm never gonna get to know them because i've curated my facebook so it's probably saving some people from me coming in being like so this is homophobic and this is why i don't fuck with you like they it probably saved them some time so good for you guys I don't get to see your snarky Beyonce uh, updates, and yeah, it I helps got, everybody. Now I got time because you're gonna get bees and lemons. So yeah, we we don't we don't need to be in each other's Facebook lines. Speaking of nerd stuff and social media, a nerd war broke out over Pat Oswalt's criticism of movie critics and the Ghostbusters boycott. Um, oh. Yeah. Uh, first of all, are you boycotting Ghostbusters? Are you going to see it? Um, I didn't even know that there was a boycott, so that was very interesting. So I'm, I'm curious to hear the rest of this story, but, um, I'm not that, like, excited about it just mm. because of what they did with the Leslie Jones character. Mm. Yeah. Um, now, uh, the, now what, what's, what's the deal with Leslie Jones? You wish she was a scientist or? I really, I really do. You know, mm. um, I actually was at Tidewater Comic Con and Ernie Hudson was there talking about his experience with Ghostbusters and I also read his, um, article um, that he talked about how he initially thought that his character Winston was going to be a scientist and he was um, given so much agency over this role and as it turned out when they started filming and he looked at the script they cut down like half of his lines um, and he wind up being the everyday man so I was kind of hoping that Leslie would have more given that ghostbusters original film was in the 80s and we're now in 2016 that we've gotten a little bit more progressive but for them to again pigeonhole her as the everyday man and not give her the role of a scientist i just thought that that was problematic for me um you know we don't get to see many black women scientists on the big screen especially in movies as prolific as ghostbusters where it would be impressionable for young black girls to see this film um, I, I just, I, I wanted to see more. And, um, I, I think I had seen your tweets and some other tweets, um, you know, defending that Leslie Jones is encompassing of, um, all types of black women and, and that we shouldn't look at ourselves as, as a monolith. But it, it would have been nice to have seen her as, as a scientist and, and to not fall again into these tropes mm-hmm. that I continually see white writers writing for black women that we have to be the sassy black woman that, you know, we, we have to have an attitude. I think there's a scene where she's with, you know, hanging out with, or she's saying some sort of line in front of a Cadillac and mm-hmm. like just some of these various stereotypes, we get pigeonholed by a lot of white writers. And I, I just wanted to see more. Um, I'm not boycotting, but I'm not like going to be rushing to the movie theater to go see it. Okay. Yeah, I can understand all that. I think, um, I uh, my my main issue with all this stuff has been that it's not 
because i saw people blaming her like right. going on her twitter right. account right. calling her calling her all kinds of names mm-hmm. and stuff that i i'll never support i don't understand that why yeah. go after the actress she is she got hired to do a role right. it's not her fault go after the writers right to, and to be tweeting <laughs> my 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 main thing was um and for the record i don't have any problem with her character to be honest um mm-hmm. i don't mind uh from from my understanding that was actually a role written for melissa mccarthy but leslie showed up and showed out at the um uh at the um casting and they basically moved melissa mccarthy out of that role because leslie did it better um she's mm-hmm. she's great at slapstick which is which is saying a lot because melissa mccarthy is great at slapstick i mean right you know to outdo her is is a lot my problem is why it's only gotta be one black woman in the movie why it's only gotta be you know what i'm saying like yeah. We, we always end up fighting over the scraps when you know um there's no excuse that they even if it even if it wasn't a black woman there couldn't be a latina ghostbuster right. there couldn't be right. like they think they're doing such a and i'm and i'm not saying they're not they think they're doing such a like groundbreaking idea to say women like look it's women ghostbusters but at the same time it's like well why not women ghostbusters and one of them's in the lgbtq community why not women ghostbusters Mm. what's her name mckinney kate mckinnon now she's a lesbian right is her role also a lesbian i'm just curious right exactly like it doesn't have to stop at well we just we 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 switched the genders and now everything's okay right yeah you know and and the thing is um i do expect leslie to be the funniest part of movies because regardless of um you know how you know the tropes and stuff when i watch the trailer she's the only part i laugh at which i think is which i think is kind of gonna that doesn't bode well for the movie in my opinion Mm -mm. is because you went and got four comedians and there's one that i'm like oh my god well wow that okay you got me to chuckle leslie and then the other ones i'm like so when are y'all gonna do some funny stuff okay you're making faces and holding guns cool well um so so my thing is i wish we just had more diversity because i don't mind i think leslie jones is such a complicated person to talk about because there are people that are kind of ashamed of just her type of blackness you right know? and she's been criticized yeah. on it so much so i guess for me that's what my pushback right. is when uh people you know talk about her character but like you say it's bigger than just her it's the writing it's, it's right. it, it, like it's a bigger issue there's an entire right product that has been put together and even some of the commentary i saw from the writers and from um uh what's his name feinberg well the guy who directed it oh yeah fig yeah yes even his commentary sounded kind of ignorant you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. they like they were i know they think oh we're defending leslie jones but in a way it's like you're making it worse like yeah why aren't like what about the very valid critique that this is just the one black woman role that in that you had like right there what like what makes you so resigned to the fact that that uh racially it has to be the exact same but women like yeah what like what like you couldn't even consider it you know you have a room full of white woman writers and stuff like this like there's no part of you that goes well maybe we could have done that better or whatever and i'm not the movie's done i'm I'm not expecting these people to do interviews and be like yeah we fucked up the movie guys don't go see it i understand you got to sell your product but the critique isn't some outlandish thing you know um so i yeah you know but whatever i I just wanted to jump in and just refer to your comment about people being ashamed of 
um, Leslie Jones blackness right. or that type of blackness. You know, I that is something that's always been interesting to me because I think that there's a large contingent of black women that are very much like Leslie Jones's character. And, and Len- Leslie Jones is a person. She she does this character in her SNL skits all the time. Mm-hmm. But my issue is the fact that there's no balance, that mm-hmm. that right. is the only character that we always see when roles are written for black women. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to see that balance. I had just done a podcast about Orange is the New Black, and we were talking about the black female inmates and how um, – well, I don't want to spoil anything, but there's a big spoiler that happens in the show. And one of the characters who doesn't fall into a lot of the stereotypes that I always see depicted on the big screen and the small screen when it comes to black women is no longer going to be on the show. And that just is always disheartening for, for me as a, as a black nerd, as someone who's kind of outside of the margins of a certain type of blackness. And I just want to see women that are are like me and there's so many of us out there and right. and we are completely erased to the point where people think oh well you're not really black if you are into these things or if you speak this kind of way when blackness is so diverse and it's not a monolith it's not just this one type of blackness so to see white writers go down this path assuming that black women are this specific kind of way that's what I always take issue with. It's not the fact that I take issue with the fact that she's sassy or whatever, because so am I. But the the fact that we are always being pigeonholed as being one type of thing, that we are a one-dimensional group of women. And I just see this time and time again in these writers' rooms, and it's it's very discouraging for me. So that's the biggest issue and critique that I have about uh, Leslie Jones' character in Ghostbusters. Yeah, I think um, part of it also depends on what we're paying attention to because, like, there are, you know, I think there are offsetting things such as uh, we have Blackish, where um, I don't think the the show would be the same without Rainbow, right? Um, right. And she doesn't really fit those stereotypes. Um, I love that, her character. Yeah, you know that people would, that I think people typically seem to have, and she's still a very funny Black woman. Mm-hmm and it's yes. not the same it's not the same and she, you know she's funny and everything but it's not the same as like what leslie does um there's uh you know we have our carrie washington or carrie washington um but we we have we have our um you know like people from the whole shondaland uh mm-hmm. part of, of 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 the of the uh uh black universe you know where it is the more quote-unquote put together um type of professional quote-unquote um blackness i just i feel like when with leslie she just kind of existed this intersection of um people are really supportive of her in black spaces because there's more understanding of the context of what she does so it's like when she was because she's 48 years old right she's been Mm -hmm. around for 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 a long time but it's mostly been to only black audiences so if you if people knew of her before saturday night live 99 percent chance you were just a black person like um and not just a black person but a black person that exists in a certain type of space because she really wasn't breaking out anywhere else mm-hmm. so right. to to me i look at her as a person that put in so much work and now she's reaping the benefits of this work um and i and i and i and i don't have any my opinion doesn't change because white people are seeing it i feel like for some people it changed the second that it was like saturday night live it's like oh wait 
white people are gonna be laughing what are they laughing at like are they laughing the way i laugh when i think of my aunt or are they laughing like they're looking at mammy or something you know what i mean mm-hmm. and and that's gonna always bother us because this is america and we have a complex racial history um i'm trying to kind of erase that feeling out of my mind because i i realized that i was harboring certain certain negative feelings even with uh the other the equal and opposite when they would have like a black woman but uh she has to prove that she's not like the other black people or you know like aisha tyler like when i see aisha tyler in something and the joke is kind of like well i was smart i did sats and i talk white and people were kind of outside i used to feel negative feelings about that like what why you gotta like why why she get to be the black person on friends that's that's fucked up (laughs) but but then i realized like it's always just it always comes back to the same place for me there's never enough black people and especially black women there's just never enough Mm -mm. so it always goes to this pressure on the on the performer and the act and the um writers to make this one black person kind of represent a whole lot of different things and it's kind of not fair because they no black person can do it and then Mm -hmm. the 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 negativity that they experience you know these people who uh inhabit these roles and stuff the negativity they experience to me is never worth it it feels like we make it thankless to be black and in the spotlight when i would love for all different kinds of black people to get the spotlight and for us to be like yo i root for that person no i'm not like that person in every way we didn't experience everything the same we don't talk the same we don't use the same slang but 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 it's so beautiful that that type of black person is getting on and getting focused and and other people and i hope other people do too you know like i hope it always leads to more of us getting stuff uh because i do want there to be a leslie jones and a leslie jones type of black woman uh you know in spaces where we're like wow i didn't think they would put a black person in this but i also don't think anything would be wrong with having like why couldn't aisha tyler be in that same movie you know balance i I mean like her show that she does the talk with cheryl underwood right perfect balance exactly (laughs) you know coming from two different backgrounds different perspectives like that is what i want to see and that what that's what reflects real life that's what we encounter every day when we go to work or when we go to church or you know we're just hanging out with friends in public places that's what real life is it's not just one type of personality that's encompassing of an entire race of people right and and that's what i just want to bring to light is that um you know we are a very digruse digruse <laughs> diverse <laughs> diverse and group together is digruse um, <laughs> A diverse group of people and 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 that needs to be accurately reflected and i do and i won't lie i do have distrust of white writers like i do and i'm never gonna not to be honest so it is mine for a lot of our content on social media so you have every right to distrust them for sure And, and but when they write something i am like my angst typically goes towards the writers because it's up to them to kind of disprove how i feel about them and this if that might not be fair either but that's kind of where i am where when i see something and i'm like i don't like this. who wrote this like that like that's like where my mind goes immediately where i'm like it, this representation seems kind of whack what where, who came up with this okay let me guess you think you're still stuck in the 80s where the comic relief of black people is oh look at this black dude he sells drugs and isn't that funny to put in my show 
or whatever you know this black guy he fights with the cops it's like well that that for me is a very serious situation right it's only funny if you don't live in our culture and you don't care about it so um it is kind of like that where uh i don't think i'll ever quite i'll never really trust most of the writers and stuff who put out this content but in general uh to me like saturday night live became better not because of leslie jones or shazir jamada by themselves they hired two black women writers yeah and now all of a sudden i see clips and i'm like oh that hmm, that is actually better and yeah some black people must have been in the room to get this uh the um the one where they had like the emmys or the oscars Mm -hmm. like that that little clip i'm like so either black people wrote this or they were definitely in the room to show this because saturday night live didn't used to even have enough black people to do a sketch about black people not winning awards right like that like that like they like they have kind of changed and i feel like um we like that's the kind of stuff i want to see i want to see um black people uh who was it it was uh person who directed the oj i forget his name but the oj um um the, the uh fx series he has a um basically like a a quota where he's like i give a certain amount of projects to people of marginalized groups like if i have 10 episodes six of those have to go to people who aren't like white dudes yeah that's 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 what we need like i don't like it's not just getting an actor shout out to matt damon it's not just in front of the camera but behind the camera too we need that so yeah yeah and and that's the type of shit that matters when you was talking about saturday night live mm-hmm. uh i see more of black twitter tweeting about it because for a long time people did not watch saturday night live period like they watched it but they watched it afterwards or you mm-hmm. would see people complain about it the whole time or they you might have had a skit every now and then but uh shout out to keenan that was like you know what i'm not playing no black woman no goddamn mo y'all need to go hire somebody and shit started shit started changing and for me yeah he got a lot of flack for the way he uh phrased that but look yeah if it wasn't if it wasn't for his ass uh we wouldn't have got any black women working there because he was like i'm playing everybody okay uh this is getting crazy right now and they're like well do they not um have any black women he's like look i don't know if they just not the ones they looking at ain't good enough or what what i do know is i'm not putting on a dress no more so figure it out you know what i mean like um uh, like i said i'm glad that he said something though because yeah it wouldn't i really don't think it would have happened if he hadn't said that and if there hadn't been an uproar um and because it was ridiculous you can't play michelle obama we can't we can't have a beyonce these are some of the biggest names in the world and you have a show that mocks current pop culture and current events you don't have any actress that can play the roles that was ridiculous right Right. and and i think for me like you say either these black women wrote or they had some influence on the beyonce when they had the joke about the beehive coming and killing you when they had the uh when they was joking about the 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 white folks who realized beyonce wouldn't uh was black like (laughs) like she wasn't making formation for white folks right and so that shit that not trying funny you wouldn't have gotten without some kind of black influence period i'm just sorry they might not have even wrote it but but the idea got pitched right and it's better right you know i meant to write that i said that i was wrote this down earlier but i didn't say it when vixen showed up on arrow regardless of how people go well i don't know why these black women complaining when vixen showed up on arrow all of us are like oh this is much better why yeah she should be in this every week i don't know I, why I this took so long i would watch a whole show just for her like Me not too. a cartoon but a live action show let's do it it always gets better stop being mad you know anyway speaking mm-hmm. of being mad these these dudes are boycotting 
not because of anything dealing with race or leslie jones they're boycotting because it's women ghostbusters and they're not they refuse to support um for women doing uh doing being ghostbusters so pat Oswalt listened to one of their uh podcast reviews cinema massacre or something like that cinema massacre um and he tweeted about it. he said i really wanted to hate this uh cinemassacre review but i'm such a fan of noisy thick saliva swallowing it won my heart uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh he, what a way to describe it uh he didn't call the guy any names he didn't call him a misogynist or a loser but he clearly doesn't support this boycott um and uh he said that he was basically he said eh, fair enough i like at cinema massacre i'm just uh tired of preemptive criticisms society imploding it's gross um you know uh and and so uh he ended up and they were like well you you didn't like some movies he said yeah i sure did after i saw them right uh, <laughs> after i saw them right uh he said amen but he did that old timey thing when you see a movie then criticize it not cool you know um so then later he actually apologized um by saying that his beef wasn't really with this guy but kind of like more this idea that they're just everyone just wants to this movie to fail because it's women right um Mm -hmm. and he was like you know i shouldn't have picked this guy said you know still kind of foolish that i went on twitter and went after him because it's not it's really not him it's more than him it's a lot of stuff so of course um being the internet and social media mm-hmm. the fans of this guy uh started responding to Patton oswald of course um whose wife just died maybe a month or two ago oh mm-hmm. oh i didn't know that and uh <laughs> they responded with remember when your wife died it was funnier than anything you've ever did in your entire career wow uh That's for terrible. real mm-hmm. at least the guy who does that podcast at least his wife is still alive to be honest at Patton oswald uh just because your wife is dead that's no reason to act like an asshole um sorry your wife shamu couldn't get back to the ocean in time now she's dead trying to talk about her white weight um did your wife like this sorry says some dude so like um that part of nerddom and gamergate and alt right all this stuff combining is so ridiculous to me at this point because all this because Patton Oswalt doesn't agree with boycotting a movie that you haven't seen or right. you know like saying that it's impossible for this thing to be good without at least seeing it and being like okay it wasn't good yeah, so and the sad part all you did was prove him right that's all you did right, right. so anyway that's just <sighs> that sucks all right yeah that's terrible let's get into our games guys okay let's try to take it to something positive I'm not gonna do fucking with black people in it for to save time but I feel like everybody listening to this, we've all been fucked with, okay? Yeah, at some point today, yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, guess the race time. Now that it's time for some guess the race. That's right, it's guess the race time. Now that it's time for some guess the race. That's right, it's guess the race time. That's right, it's time for guess the race. The number one game show going across all of podcast land where we read and play news articles from all over the globe. And we ask our contestants today, Jamie of the Black Girl Nerds podcast, to guess the race. And the chat room plays along. And chat room is racist. <clears throat> all right. <laughs> a woman has been charged with a deadly crime spree 
and she blames chick-fil-a mm-hmm. a woman Uh-oh. is that's right Karen. a woman is facing several charges after being accused of a deadly crime spree so did the cows get gangster <laughs> kill more people it's spell wrong right it's on a billboard or something ah! however her explanation for the violent crimes has forced a judge to order her to undergo psychiatric evaluation in may authorities say christy nesby drove her car onto a sidewalk running down a 71 year old woman holy shit i Whoa. know mm-hmm. that spicy chicken deluxe is good apparently so that woman was rushed to the hospital but she died from her injuries after striking the pedestrian the suspect carjacked another motorist vehicle and fled the scene southbound on Cobb parkway said the police oh. a short distance down the road near canton road and i-75 the suspect committed an additional carjacking and fled that scene as well holy shit wow grand theft auto man real life right i didn't know it was that easy to carjack people i thought that was just uh, in I, video games i guess people must ride around with the y'all y'all doors are automatically lock after you go about five spins on the ties upgrade then she wrecked that car holy shit grabbed a gun and attempted to carjack another driver what now was she <laughs> now okay i'm a little confused was she carjacking people before this without the gun apparently so or, <laughs> like what was she, she get was out a- your car okay all right with the chicken sandwich in there right, right. <laughs> don't <laughs> make me dip these waffle fries in blood <laughs> i'll do it that's a deadly ass sandwich mm-hmm. officers caught up with her and arrested her on several charges uh nancy called 911 during the crime spree and said she wanted to stop but she couldn't ah i am trying not to do this okay guys help nancy reportedly told police she went to chick-fil-a and someone had spiked her drink a judge has ordered a medical evaluation for mrs christy nesby jamie guess the race i'm gonna spike the drink okay i'm gonna say white because most of the people i see that frequent chick-fil-a are white Mm, okay all right so yeah staff the the patrons there's always a long line of cars when i go to chick-fil-a and it's usually a whole bunch of white folks with their kids in the car yelling and screaming got dogs and yeah (laughs) (laughs) jamie going with the odds of uh how much white people frequent chick-fil-a i like this strategy let's check the chat room and see what they believe a black woman would have blamed popeyes or bojangles so i'm guessing white Mm. black rob also going with the chicken profiling Uh (laughs) chicken profiling all chickens matter yes they do i just like that we all know if i would have said kfc everyone would have said white um hc Ah! hc says the carjack the the carjack drivers told that white woman i believe you want that car over there uh oh. <laughs> uh joe spacey says had slick rick slick rick's children's story playing in the background black so he's going with black everybody else went with white well the correct answer is chat room and jamie she was black you guys missed it Whoa. <laughs> and one person got it right congratulations buddy glad i wouldn't guess that i got that wrong too well the good news is that um 
jamie i mean jamie missed it that's the bad news the good news is you're not racist you know you, you got, <laughs> you, i mean you know you gotta look at the positive side man uh all right let's see let's give her a chance to to make it up let's go with another one how about um uh how about this one a woman has been banned from all u.s national parks for scrawling her instagram name on protected rocks Meanwhile on Instagram. So she's actually writing her name on these rocks and Instagramming the images. Is that what's going on? And and it's her Instagram name. Mm -hmm. Mm. A woman has been banned from all the of the U.S. national parks, but for defacing protected rocks with graffiti, including her social media handle. So she definitely wasn't trying to get away with it. Mm -mm. Uh, Never gonna find you casey knockett as creeping teens on social media posted evidence of her instagram on tumblr pages she has been banned for from going to these public places during her two years of probation u.s magistrate judge sheila k oberto also sentenced the 23 year old 200 to 200 hours of community work uh she will be required to pay a fine which will be decided at a hearing at a later date the defendant's defacement of multiple rock formations showed a lack of respect for the law and our shared national treasures said u.s attorney philip a talbert this is why you don't want to deface a national park um she dealing with like federal judges and federal Mm -hmm. like yeah (laughs) yeah this ain't your state and local levels they ain't trying to hear that bullshit they went and got the u.s attorney man like damn it's <laughs> like you picked the wrong rock yeah like you you defaced this rock and then david from scandal shows up <laughs> <laughs> out of nowhere <laughs> the national park service has worked hard to restore the rock formations to their natural state completing cleanup efforts in five of the seven national parks oh she did it seven different places oh, so oh she, wow oh shit so she oh she said did a country tour yes, all right it, i already know what race this is she was gonna <laughs> <laughs> She was gonna write a book about it and sell I'm it or on something. The tour. That's what she was doing. Uh, they expect to clean up the cl- complete the cleanup efforts at Death Valley and Crater at Crater Lake National Parks as weather permits. Uh, Miss Knockett painted faces in acrylic paint on rocks with paranormal panoramic views in various national parks in a 26 day period in 2014. She signed her graffiti with her social media name and on the these social media accounts were photographs of her completing the acts. Oh. so she like literally caught herself red-handed like mm-hmm. hey, look it's me doing it and this is me in the act and this is the after thing okay um some of the vandalism has been difficult to remove because of sandblasting and chemical stripping techniques which are used to remove paint can be can cause irreplaceable damage to rocks and other natural features uh she since uh, deleted her instagram and tumblr accounts uh <laughs> following public outcry well why did you think that would go over good though you know like you know she just don't know social media because like there's certain things where it's just like you do know everybody's gonna get outraged about this right right you you, you did it something at a national park and people are gonna be like hey let me go check this out right here yeah yeah uh, she, re- she recorded a crime like I, this social right. media age that we're in now man people are just they don't realize how accountable they will be for their actions the moment they hit that send button like it's ridiculous yeah See, now there's fake accounts purporting to be her that sprung up posting pictures of her crimes in an original post she wrote it's art not vandalism i'm an artist Uh, Mm. and of mm. course the national parks are your canvas that's okay 
all of them i wonder if that was her argument look it is a public park uh i pay my taxes i can do whatever i want <laughs> <laughs> at any rate uh guess the race of um miss what is her first name um casey Knockett. Mm. um i'm gonna say white because black folks we ain't got time for all that mm, all right there you go the ah! we ain't got time for all that she spent way too much time getting involved with this rock collection and uh she did it at seven national parks you Mm, said yep yeah she had to get that's a white thing to do she had to get travel plans right because i mean it's it's not like all the national parks in one area you gotta go (laughs) right you gotta across many states that's a lot of planning all right yeah see what the chat room believes who else is so bold messing with national parks white black people don't even visit national parks white <laughs> we did y'all are wrong for that <laughs> we did recently cover a study where it was a very low percentage but we we be there y'all it's just not a lot it's just not a lot it's not a lot of us um peak whiteness only white people gentrify yellowstone national park oh yeah, oh, p- yeah. poor yogi and boo uh she had the funds for this nationwide vandalism vandalizing spree and knew where five national parks were your privileged dollars at work oh yep uh irvin to be the f- wait trying to be the female banksy white <laughs> all right well uh everybody got it right she was white <laughs> and i just put her picture in the chat for you guys so she was uh she was white and proud of it she was just like look at me mm-hmm. all right now let's go to the bonus round yeah she thought she was being spontaneous nobody ever thought about this right <laughs> i a- wonder why right right all right bonus round double the points and the race double the points and the race that's right double the points double the race for the bonus round of guess the race so far jamie is one and one but now that we're in the bonus round can she make it all up find out in a second after this commercial the bonus round of guess the race is brought to you by bevel that's right y'all mm-hmm. they back uh bevel is the first and only shaving system designed specifically for coarse curly hair and sensitive skin step up your shave game and say goodbye to razor bumps all right get smooth man it is summertime it is peak uh cuffing season okay it's, it's gonna be coming upon us soon <laughs> and you gotta get gotta get your game right man okay we we've had uh blurs break the internet we've had black chefs break the internet uh black beer is gonna be breaking the internet soon guys and if you're not in formation you're gonna get left behind on the wave okay it, it is a beard account i forgot the name of i don't know if it's at beards whatever it is that, <laughs> them beards be on fleek at beards uh, <laughs> i don't know what the name is all i know is i see sexy men and beards going down my timeline and you gotta get it trimmed okay. up right okay get it looking neat man ladies don't want you looking you know like you know like you having some issues you know staying within the lines like a coloring book man you gotta get that gotta get that beard game tight and what you also don't want is a whole bunch of like bumps and you know drying your skin out from all these products man so bevel actually makes products designed for people like us you know uh you got priming oil shaving cream restoring balm 
like they they really thought of everything even Mm -hmm. a safety razor for those of y'all who've never like really shaved before you don't have to like be stressed out about it so uh do yourself a favor go to getbevel.com use code tbgwt and you get 20 percent off your first month at getbevel.com that's g-e-t-b-e-v-e-l.com uh code tbgwt all right let's go to the let's go to the last one let's see how about um how about this one police say a group of men were caught in the holland tunnel uh with weapons and they claim to be on a vigilante mission mm-hmm. okay yeah. yeah yeah like arrow yeah i about yeah. to say this sound like the start of arrow don't it team arrow team arrow got caught on the way to uh stop another one of those uh truck motorcycle heist you know yes that is like that is a staple of that show they will work a truck motorcycle heist into everything mm-hmm. yes <laughs> with some flips right yeah we're gonna get some flips we're gonna be jumping off the top of trucks we're gonna be falling it's you know it's gonna be glorious they diesel budget is probably off the chain then yeah right yeah. <laughs> they've done it every single way too they've done team arrow driving the truck they've done team arrow on the motorcycles it's already playing all right so uh let me see if i can play this article now the lead suspects say this stockpile of weapons was part of a plan to rescue a teen in trouble a teen in trouble okay mm-hmm. someone got kidnapped was it uh Thea? Maybe Thea got kidnapped? Ah! Oh, yeah. You hmm. know? Oh, <laughs> uh, the article's loaded. Let me just read it. So three people were caught uh, at the, on an alleged vigilante mission with an arsenal of weapons during a routine traffic stop at the Holland Tunnel on Tuesday. Uh, apparently, John Cramsey, 50, and Dean Smith, 53, both of Zionville, Pennsylvania, and Kimberly Arendt, who's 29, of Lehi- Lehighton, uh, each faced several weapons charges. They were arrested as they passed through the tunnel at 7.40 a.m. The group claimed they were vigilantes on their way to extricate a teenage girl who was being held by a drug dealer. Initial reports say the teenage girl was in Queens, though Facebook posts from Cramsey indicate the girl was believed to be in a hotel room in Brooklyn. Um, I wonder, was one of these dudes Liam Neeson? Will he be played by Liam? <laughs> Maybe Liam Neeson will play him Taking in the movie. part 25? Right. <laughs> <laughs> they will not stop making those movies i just don't understand <laughs> either, baby, me either. i don't have a lot of money what i do have are a special set of skills skills that make me a nightmare for the 25th dude for the 25th time mm, after a while he gonna be fighting for Krispy Kreme donuts right and, and grilled Sir, sandwiches and shit you have taken my spot fighting for t- rogaine or something <laughs> <laughs> you taking my spot in the tw- in the 10 items or less aisle and you clearly have 11 items now i don't have a lot of money or a lot of time but what i do have is a special set of skills look man just take the spot no let me finish i gotta finish my right. thing let me finish the thing then you can give and me the why spot. Is this camera crew behind you sir right. <laughs> i don't care that much man i'll just go to another line no you will listen till i finish my ah! skills nah. that's how liam neeson gets out of every situation oh yeah <laughs> skills he can have it because he did t- shit he tell me that on report I'm like dog you got to report dog i bet when he put his lunch in uh the fridge at work he's like talking to his lunch he's like now listen when the other employees come in here they're gonna take you ah <laughs> <laughs> and they will eat you 
right <laughs> i'm gonna see i'm gonna put you in the crisper i want you to hide back there behind the fruit but when they come <laughs> listen closely because you're gonna be taken no no uh he made his daughter get under the bed just to get taken i don't, I don't even understand that part of the movie mm-hmm yeah like couldn't she have just like i don't know waited by the door if she was gonna be taken it's like here's, <laughs> here's what, my dad's on the phone he, he would like to talk to you before you do this uh anyway <laughs> <laughs> that went dude, way out of left field with this one <laughs> yeah that dude who answered the phone he was the best because all he goes is good luck and he finds him from that like he found that dude because he said good luck oh what a great impossible white man movie oh yeah mm-hmm. my god one of the best of all so time logic right there's out the window there is zero percent chance he would have found that little girl zero and he didn't even care when her friend died he found her dead friend and was like oh well shit happens anyway no need to tell her parents right and at the end of the movie they did not uh, charge him with any international laws he broke so many international laws yeah he did and nobody from interpol fbi nobody was like hey dog you came over here killing folks you got to be held accountable right he's just like they had my daughter and i'm brian mills oh brian mills why didn't you say i'm sorry french international law does not apply to brian mills i didn't realize wow well this there's that egg on my face anyway good luck with the killing right you got a uh uh uh, shoot them free uh pass yeah (laughs) license to kill right literally license to kill (laughs) all right sorry we're we're way off topic (laughs) Um, (laughs) so these vigilantes um said uh okay before getting busted with the cache of weapons police said the trio of suspects certainly was not going for subtlety when they decided to head through the holland tumble uh tunnel they had a big wheeled sport utility vehicle oh shit that was hard to miss trimmed with neon paint plastered with decals for a higher ground tactical a pennsylvania gun range and cramsey is the owner of said gun range now this won't reveal their race but i'm gonna put the picture of um the vehicle in the chat room so you guys can see what they were rolling in maybe this will assist with your racism okay um so yeah so then uh they were pulled over uh by a port a port authority police officers who noticed that the gun that they had guns in there um and they pulled over the vehicle at the entrance uh when they saw a crack low on their windshield so that was it so he didn't see the guns he just saw a crack on the oh your windshield is cracked uh oops you guys were coming to kill a bunch of people holy um, shit right that now it's even more amazing that like bruce willis has never gotten stopped like this hasn't been the thing that stopped like die hard seven you know just a cop being ah. like sir your tail light is bro oh get out the car my god he's got ak-47s in there <laughs> i gotta save my daughter man i'm sorry um and upon approaching the motor vehicle the officer observed a plain view a loaded pistol uh and he had the driver exit the vehicle when the driver got out he noticed a 45 caliber handgun on the driver's seat inside the suv were a pump action shotgun with pistol grip and collapsible stock a sar 98 salamander arms assault rifle seven clips of ammunition for the rifle four nine millimeter pistols 145 caliber pistol with several magazines a kevlar bullet resistant helmet with camouflage cover tactical goggles night vision goggles body armor and a partridge in a pear tree <laughs> I mean, come on uh some of the guns were loaded uh uh wow. sources say the suspects told police they were on their way through the, to the city to rescue a friend who had been held hostage by a drug dealer now i want to know whatever happened to the friend 
right because apparently they they ain't worried about the friend no more yeah the he said on facebook the young lady is scared to death and wants to go home to her folks along with graphic a graphic greeting enough is enough in bold face red letters you know what i bet you somebody just snitched on them they were posting this on facebook and then the police just lied and said oh yeah we saw a crack in the windshield but they probably were like be on the lookout for this loud green vehicle suv mm-hmm. with a gun company on the side right uh cramsey's 20 year old daughter alexandria died from a heroin overdose four months ago tuesday and ha- he has since attended town hall meetings across around the allentine area to voice his concerns over the drug epidemic uh yeah heroin is really bad in this area in pennsylvania it was like a whole documentary on it on hbo uh this is a plague and we are losing our brightest most brilliant minds he told the newspaper shortly after his daughter was found dead of an overdose with another man inside of an allentown home uh check on that man he's probably been shot up at this point um not not by heroin by guns um friends of cramsey told cbs 2's aiello uh he feels tremendous guilt and began enough is enough campaign uh he also put decals on his truck reading shoot your local heroin dealer oh jesus oh uh ever since his daughter died i think it was one of those things he wishes he could have done something to save her and now that she's gone he feels his this guilt in his heart and he needs to help other people man christopher nolan's gonna direct this yes um so yeah while cramsley likely would have known about the tough gun laws in new jersey and new york as a licensed firearm dealer they said his friend was not been a uh, nick Nickisher says his friend has not been thinking straight since his daughter died you don't say yeah, he's about to kill a whole bunch of other people's family too um so apparently um uh, they're still investigating um the claims about the daughter uh i mean about this girl who's being held against her will they don't police apparently haven't found her yet uh but they're looking into it um uh so there you go and then of course the police wanted to make it 100 percent clear this is not terrorism at all guys okay so just they wanted to clear it up so you're not terrorizing white people heading through the tunnel with a whole bunch of guns ready to go shoot up brooklyn not terrorism okay so you're not terrorizing yep. the uh the case. drug mm-hmm. dealer community they're white it's not terrorism white people <laughs> cannot commit terrorism karen i don't know if you got the memo it is impossible okay what else not the second you commit terrorism as a white person you turn into some other type of person that's what happens okay yeah um so that's the rules that's the rules that's the rules uh jamie guess the race of the vigilante crew and they're all the same race by the way okay i feel bad for um always picking the same one but i'm gonna go with white on this one i think because they're probably a disgruntled group of former arrow employees and just decided (laughs) to take it a little too far uh They got a. <laughs> they were they were they were uh, 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 the ghost. One of the ghosts that kind of escaped. They was like, "Fuck it." This is before. Uh, and we know Arrow doesn't really have a whole lot of uh, black people on their staff. Yeah. So, yeah. The Cur- with that. Cur- Curtis may have called in sick this day. We'll see. <laughs> uh, let's see. Crackers without cheese. We're all the white oh. power ranger. Uh, oh. <laughs> man who was long time man who was member of the NRA make america great again duck dynasty white really we the people okay white um pry those guns out of my cold dead white hands obama gi bros white suicide cheese squad okay the correct answer Ah! is 
and uh everybody got it right they were white and the the picture in the chat room is the selfie they took on the way to go kill these people they look so happy it's like they're taking a family road trip like hey kill some people look guys on our way to go kill up some people in brooklyn on instagram yeah they posted on facebook oh god right what's wrong with people (laughs) they don't realize these are public platforms and then they shit don't be private how were police even catching us before social media that's what i want to know exactly (laughs) (laughs) like police can be fat and eat donuts now dog what's the point they gonna tell you what they did you don't need detective skills anymore just a twitter account just right. a facebook account that's not, it. not that i've ever committed a crime but if i was i wouldn't be like out here like yolo breaking the law real quick doing 75 and a 35 come holler at me oh they'll find your ass picture of my speedometer another picture of my face you know snapchatting it away while you're doing it <laughs> wouldn't want the police to have to do any work um <laughs> all right last thing that we talk about every episode we got to spread awareness about a very serious issue that is plaguing the entire world and that is sword ratchetness uh go play my long grab my long sound effect now he's dead should have held that person's daughter um with the heroin uh, <laughs> this one is it sounds adorable okay it sounds adorable and i know it's nerds a lot of you guys are going to support this but i'm against this propaganda okay okay newlyweds climb a mountain and have a sword fight highlander style for their dream wedding pictures absolutely mm-hmm. not nope what if she would have failed what if, what if this would have been an elaborate plot for one of them to kill the other one oh, i don't she, like this she's close to the edge of that cliff plus it does it goes against highlight and lore uh there can only be one mm-hmm. so you can't even really marry another highlander because you got to kill him oh mm-hmm. yeah yeah duncan mcleod would be ashamed of these people uh-huh. i'm ashamed why do they have to get up on a mountain and do this though that's what i want to know well guess the race white uh you know i'm not <laughs> i'm not gonna say why a couple went to new heights to create their dream wedding picture climbing a famous peak to stage a sword fight keen climbers mel morell 31 and stephen hill 37 visit uh first visited the isle of sky just before uh becoming an item six years ago they vowed to climb the iconic uh iconic kiach i don't know how to pronounce that made famous by the highlander movie for their perfect photo and finally made it last week two years after getting married mel and steve from swansea packed their wedding outfits and climbed the summit and once they reached the top they took out a couple of theatrical swords and carried out a mock duel if one of them would have fallen oh my god this is like actually the perfect plan for like in 10 years if he just wants to kill his wife or she wants to kill him like it would make a real good episode of snap because it'll be like no we ah. went up there to celebrate our 10th year anniversary and he just slipped i don't know i don't know what happened yeah yeah the camera didn't catch that part i don't know <laughs> uh steve a tech company director said the first time we went up uh kiosk we were we went up 
a really complicated route and never actually managed to reach the summit and ended up abseiling down in the dark every time we've come back since we got married the weather has been terrible we were worried it might not happen again last week thankfully the clouds uh cleared in time and we got some great photos by the way um someone else had to climb another peak to take the pictures that's the real mvp because my black ass would have been like hey man i'm gonna take pictures from down here y'all lean over a little bit let me see. <laughs> i can't see the swords from the ground oh <laughs> but yeah show ain't gonna be up there with you another person climbed up there to help them out uh so there you go man um sword propaganda one-on-one okay so then this marriage will have swords in it and when we read about them later and some domestic violence stuff remember where you heard it first guys okay um support jamie and black girl nerds okay guys patreon.com slash black girl nerds support the content creators that you guys uh you know that feed you you know jamie and the whole crew over there they speak for a lot of people and they speak with a lot of people and a lot of people have found voices through black girl nerds um like what you do is very important and uh it's really important that you guys have that space and you know there's issues that i learn about via black girl nerds there's things i learn about via black girl nerds i didn't even know one of my favorite comic books rat queens was so messed up same here mm-hmm. like i had to read i read about that on black girl nerds i was just like oh well i, I guess, guess i'm I'll, done right you know right and roger <laughs> told me i was like well shit i was behind i was like well i guess i'm glad i never caught up i'll be deleting you right and because it's nerddom and because it's blackness and because it's women um you know there's always like constant controversy and stuff um when people are really just trying to have a good time right um but you know i i really do uh love and appreciate uh not not just jamie but the whole space that you've created um and so many people have been uh enriched from it and i hope that people uh take the time out to give back you know patreon.com black girl nerds black girl nerds.com slash t-shirts uh support people like this because like i said it's it's a toll you know she has a nine to five uh you know she she woke up at 10 a.m to take a couple hours out of her day to kick it with us mm-hmm. um and i'm sure that that work never stops there's always some new thing to post there's always some new opinion to respond to there's always some troll on twitter the people that don't like you will always take the time always and mm-hmm. the, the people that that love things will sometimes sit on the sidelines until something's gone and then be like well what happened to well let's not let jamie be a what happened to let's uh make sure we support black girl nerds and follow them on twitter at black girl nerds and um all that good stuff because uh you know it's really important that we got we got jamie out here thank you so much no problem man keep doing your thing man you uh you exist in that intersection of uh of of catching it from everybody you know i'm not i'm not i'm not necessarily envious uh <laughs> like <laughs> more mo followers more problems man i just be like oh tell me just, about it <laughs> like oh no not today not today y'all but <laughs> uh but yeah i'm, I'm really but I, I, we're really proud of you over here and really um happy for you and mm-hmm. uh we hope you know you get even more success and stuff because uh you also put a lot of people on and stuff and uh you know it's really been cool to be able to uh maintain this relationship uh especially at the hashtag gate man i was just yeah i felt like so many people just wanted to see like a fight you know what i mean mm-hmm. and people i think love drama right yeah, they do you know and i just was like man I, I i have love for everybody i'm really trying to keep it going because it's enough stuff with blackness already ostracizing each other and stuff and and whatnot like i really want us to be able to come together and congratulations on comic-con 
um and i hope you guys have fun out there because Mm -hmm. uh i remember last year when you were like we need to be up at comic-con i was like "Uh uh-oh here we go (laughs) i was like i don't know how this gonna go but we about to see so uh i'm glad you guys got in there man Mm because uh you know that's a space that uh i would love to see y'all in so all right we'll be back tomorrow talking about all kinds of stuff and then tuesday we'll be recapping the finale of game of thrones at 6 30 with uh beauty jackson from um um, um good and terrible, terrible. Mm-hmm. and uh justin will be here too guys so it'll be uh super fun so we'll see you guys then um until then go to get code tbgwt and go to uh get our album sunspot and other ratchetness on itunes and amazon till then love you i love you too Mwah.